0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 1420, the Watch Clicker podcast with your host, Andrew. I'm a good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm doing well.
1: Yeah? I'm going to have some beer, which is nice. That's a good part of the evening. That's a good part of the evening. Sitting like, down for a beer. <clears throat> yeah. Sitting down is kind of your jam these days, though. <laughs> sitting down is very much my jam. Yeah, I so I have some news. I broke my running streak, I have a three-year running streak, for good reason. That's now broken and gone. All that work just down the drain. Yeah, I mean the work isn't gone, but it's a little sad. I uh, so yeah. the 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 worst news is that I've kind of blown up my knee. Probably the worst injury I've ever had in my life. Yeah. No, that would track. Yeah. So um I'm not walking. Really?
0: Although you're hobbling.
1: I, I'm hobbling, although I shouldn't be. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And awaiting <laughs> awaiting an MRI to see what kind of surgery I get. Hooray. Okay. There's some chance I don't have to get surgery, but it seems it's small. It's small. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: surgical knee intervention, though, is super refined really common yeah. and really good
1: yeah yeah I, I mean the depending on which surgery i get it's either uh you know six week to you know six to eight week recovery or maybe a four to six month recovery so that's still we don't know about that uh
0: that's a bit of a bummer
1: yeah. <laughs> but when i saw you on thursday mm-hmm you couldn't even move yeah no it's definitely gotten better and you gave me some good peace of mind too you were like this this is the trauma and this will get better yeah so yeah uh that's i mean it makes like getting up and getting another cup of coffee a little bit more manageable but much beyond that i'm still pretty useless that's not much different than before though (laughs) (laughs) it stinks right it's a major lifestyle change right it's like july and i can't golf and i can't run and all these things are like my whole life are are not there right now so that's it takes some adjustment but with that said pain is manageable you have to learn to gear fish again yep perhaps perhaps uh yeah pain is manageable and i'm you know drinking beer and eating cookies and taking you know thc gummies a lot so it's like (laughs) You're living most people's dream. (laughs) (laughs) What, you mean I don't have to do that? (laughs) Sweet. The doctor was like, um, so I went to the doctor, and then I had to go back to the doctor. And the second time I went to the doctor, um, I'm I'm a little leery about asking for painkillers, but also there's some pain. And I was like, so my plan for pain management is Advil and gummies. He was like, yeah, it seems seems super reasonable to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're on the right track my friend <laughs> so
1: but yeah I, how are you andrew i'm good
0: i smell a little bit combustion engine-y i don't know if you, you can smell
1: it you do yeah i smelled bit,
0: fuel on you yeah a little, a little fuel-y i went and took a boat ride today for a boat that i'm I
1: think i'm gonna buy you're buying a boat
0: yeah What's funny is it's bigger than the boat that I sold because I was concerned I wouldn't have enough storage space at this house. Yeah. But it's a very different kind of boat. Yeah, different a, kind of boat. It's a motorboat, and it's more family-friendly. I think that's right. It's got space for napping kids. So I'm looking at buying a 17-foot cuddy cabin boat. And I went and met with the current owner today and got to take a boat ride and he opened it up to show it off because this is like it's it's not a sale he's looking forward to making it's it's very much a he told me while we were on the boat that he's about to close on a house and needs the liquid cash for closing costs and when he left his house with the boat he told his two sons who were i don't know like eight and ten ish I Facebook stalked him, so I'm familiar with the family photos of him on the boat and see it running all summer. And <laughs> um, he said they both like were distraught. Don't sell the boat! Don't sell the boat! So that kind of made me feel bad. I felt like he was trying to talk me out of buying the boat while I was talking to him about buying the boat. But it was a lot of fun. It's going to be perfectly adequate room for family days on the water. For bro days on the river in the winter, fishing salmon and pulling crab pots, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's gonna be pretty dope. So mm-hmm. we, we, mm-hmm. I, I think we settled on it. I think we're gonna try to buy this boat.
1: And work out storage later. Is <laughs> the the trailer's in good shape and everything?
0: Everything's in great shape. The guy is like this weird meticulous, like does it all himself and does a really good job. He had the he had the motor professionally serviced um and a couple other things professionally done, but. You know, he redid some of the upholstery and I couldn't find, he, he looked at me like I was weird because I brought a little, a little bag with a toolkit in it and I was pulling everything open and like digging my head in there with a flashlight and I was like, <laughs> I can't find a single drop of moisture in here and you had this on the water yesterday. Why isn't it wet? He's like, we just take really good care of it and while he was doing that, he bent over from the helm and picked up a pine needle that was on the carpet and threw it overboard (laughs) i was like oh that's who we're dealing with right now there weren't stains this is original 1989 upholstery carpeting there aren't stains in it nice i don't know what the condition it was when he got it but it's certain like this thing is there's some some upholstery issues right that you'd expect with a 31 32 year old boat but this guy is a freak what
1: he's that's, exactly the guy to be buying yeah a boat that's from. great that's what you want yeah
0: so anyway i got to be out on the be out on the boat today he had a kind of a weird friend that was a riot but like just kind of a weird friend that came to help him and i don't know if he was just like are they were already together or he just brought him because selling things on craigslist is kind of sketchy uh but yeah it was, it was a blast like just to be out on the water with a couple dudes i don't know like yeah it was fun it's awesome yeah so didn't get to spend as much time on the water as I would have liked, but you know uh-uh. it's not my boat. He <laughs> does, and he doesn't know me, so <laughs> yeah. well. Good, that's yeah. exciting. I'm so excited that was to ride on your boat. That was my afternoon, and I spent yeah don't do that. I spent you know most of my day like doing all the the all the research that a person possibly could in a day, and I've spent you know a couple of weeks preceding this doing it. But some like fine tuning of what I'm looking for, red flags, problems. Trying to talk myself out of it. I've been so far unsuccessful. Good. good. There's a couple other things that I need to talk myself out of that have come up in the last couple days too. But
1: Well, I'm really excited for our new boat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It'll be good. You have more space in your garage. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, uh, I think we should get into it because we are talking about watches and we got a lot to talk about today. We've got a big one. We we've got a big one.
0: We're talking 50 to 60 millimeter pilot watches today.
1: (laughs) I want a big one. Huge. Everything you got. So was a wonderful life. That's it. I know. Okay. So we're talking about plastic watches. And I've so full disclosure. I researched this episode. Sometimes Andrew does research. Sometimes I do research. Mm -hmm. This is an Everett. So I may talk more than you want me to today i'm sorry about that in advance played on 2x i'm sorry um i (laughs) said i sent andrew approximately 45 pages of notes yeah uh earlier today i'm sorry again andrew i'm sorry for For
0: those of you who have iphones um there's a threshold that your iphone won't show it all in one message you have to actually click on it and expand the window and even that was like scrolling through a day or so of text messages with (laughs) someone you text a lot with you have those people that you text all day that was that was what this this note page was and i was like okay this tracks he's laid up he's he's stuck stationary and this is a healthy
1: outlet so i approve (laughs) so we're talking about plastic watches today yes which is a which is this is a topic that i i had sort of proposed i pitched to andrew like three weeks ago and Andrew was kind of like... Because people make fun of me for liking plastic digitals. Right. <laughs> Andrew was kind of like, mm, I don't see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there's an episode there. Well, we'll see. So I just basically killed him with knowledge. Mate, I put so much knowledge together. He proved it. That he had to say yes. Yeah. That's why I was
0: otherwise engaged. So. Right.
1: <laughs> so, so there's a lot. You know, plastics are unavoidable today everything has plastics uh o- omega movements have plastics uh, y- uh you know, yeah, everything does yeah everything has plastics by
0: and large right it but people also make plastic like aftermarket bezel covers out of plastic uh, to protect your rolex bezels that's right <laughs> yeah
1: but there was a time not really all that long ago where A, plastics kind of were in development, right? And we didn't have uh, the amount of plastics we have today. Uh, But also where they just hadn't made their way into general use. So it wasn't an obvious thing that people thought about when in products. And so watches, watches in particular, really didn't have plastics incorporated into them until fairly recently not in the life cycle of a watch yeah but
0: in recent history in
1: in memory like
0: memorable history
1: yeah that that's right so so i think i think that i have tracked plastic watches down to approximately 1964 uh and and please recognize I'm not an expert on this topic. We're never an expert on the topics we talk about. So, no. There is an extremely high possibility in an episode like today's where there are things we don't know about where we're going to make statements that are false and we don't know it. Please feel free to to correct us on this stuff.
0: We're also going to slip in some known lies that you can feel free to correct right.
1: us on also. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to talk about one don't—at least one don't lie. Yeah. Um, if we make a misstatement or whatever, feel free to correct us. Uh, and actually, this episode I kind of like it because there's not a lot of research on this topic. Nobody, as far as I can tell, is really talking about this or writing about this topic. It's a topic that interests me. Maybe it interests Andrew a little bit less.
0: <laughs> oh, it certainly does. Yeah. But everyone makes fun of me for liking plastic watches, so. And you're like, oh, I want a plastic watch episode. I'm like, the people don't. So but I, f- I think we're about to prove you wrong. I, I th- think you want one. You want one. This is the episode you didn't know you wanted.
1: You want one. And and the one you want might be different than the one you think you want. So really, plastic watches uh, are primarily started, and this might not surprise you, but in the military. Military application is where we first start to see plastic watches really in common use. Um and in, in, in a specific in a specific watch or or family of watches which are the watches that come out of military standard MIL-W-46374 which is maybe the most uh, prolific military spec watch of all time and, and and that is because it's actually like seven or eight different yeah. military specs so rather than being one um it's several different specs initially developed in 64. 46374s were revised a bunch of times between 1964 and 92. so you've got the original 46374 and then the second iteration is the A and then you get all the way up through G so there's a lot of them it is the A that first revision the A revision introduced around 66 probably beginning in 67 two companies really Westclocks and benrus both start making plastic cased versions of the american military 46374 spec watch under that a revision and that really kicks off the viability of plastic as a as a legit material for watches um as the cost of the vietnam war sort of started laboring on the us uh, and other countries that were involved folks the desire for inexpensive disposable watches becomes becomes higher right if you're issuing watches to joe and joe's only in for two years maybe and you never see joe again it makes sense to give Joe a cheap, effective, but cheap and borderline disposable watch.
0: Joe also breaks his shit. So <laughs> you have to give him something that is consumable. Yes. And in the way of army or of just military property, there are these tiers of property value as they are in, in real property to an organization. And the lowest tier is expendable. That's a pencil. That's something that through its use, use is exhausted. Yeah. It's just, it's trash. You don't ever need to worry about it. Consumable is another item that by its use can also be destroyed or just worn out and it's okay. We just, we expect these things to wear out, get lost, get broken. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the expectation. We manage price for it we manage inventory for it and then there's tiers above that but that's that's what we're looking at here either an expendable or a disposable or consumable end item that is issued to individuals with the express knowledge
1: that you're never going to see it again that's right that's right and 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 it's not going to be on your property book yeah it gets written off when when that soldier's out so um and so and so that's and that's where we start seeing plastic watches really it's pretty quick they're still making watches out of chrome you know Mm -hmm. uh chrome plated materials they're still making watches out of steel certainly in this 46374 iteration but but also plastics increasingly plastics and as the vietnam war winds on and as just militaries continue to move um they start making these just more and more and more and they become more and more ubiquitous and cheaper. So, you know, 67, you'll at home probably wonder, is that a quartz watch? Well, well, obviously not. Uh, we, we, these are all 17 jewel by and large, 17 jewel mechanical hand crankers for, for quite a while. Um, at least until the mid eighties. Um, speaking of our, our watch myth, it's in this line of watches that a very very famous watch is introduced by Timex. So those of you who have been in watches for a while have probably seen or heard at least of the J Crew Timex collaboration. And the J Crew Timex collaboration is as the the self-proclaimed legend has it, a reissue of a 1940s Timex watch this was in the j crew marketing material this was just the legend well turns out that's actually almost certainly utter horseshit the truth is the j crew timex 46374 military watch is based on a 1982 timex and you cannot find these watches these 1982 timexes Because probably, Andrew, they were never made, at least for production. Just piloted, prototyped. They were under contract for two months with the military. And there's no evidence that Timex actually produced these watches. They prototyped them for sure. But there's zero evidence that Timex, so one of the most famous military modern you know retro military watches the j crew timex is almost certainly based on a watch that didn't practically exist
0: you know what that means tell me means that timex was just flipping through the archives (laughs) they're like we got everything ready you want this one let's send it (laughs) let's finally get this out there and we'll put a new logo on it we'll call it good so, so they might have even had the inventory. They might have been there. I mean, with a two-month contract, they might have already had been sitting on liquid inventory or on, on hard inventory in their
1: warehouse. M- maybe, and pro- but probably not. And here's why. Two months after the contract was signed, Timex ceased production of mechanical watch movements.
0: Right, but they might have had everything else. P- maybe.
1: But Timex knew it was ceasing production of mechanical movements for years. Yeah, Before it did. So maybe. The answer is maybe. No one knows. I mean, it could be that Timex produced a bunch of these for the military. Maybe not a bunch, but at least some. But there's very little evidence, if any. And Joe threw them away. Yeah. (laughs) They're in a landfill somewhere. So anyway, these these 46374 watches, in particular, we're talking about plastic watches, you guys. Uh, Later revisions of this watch continue to get made by really, you know the who's who of the American watchmaking industry, uh, Waltham, Hamilton, Marathon slash Galet, obviously Marathon uh, is a North American, we'll call them North. Uh, Benrus, mm-hmm. and a company that is kind of new to me that I, I had heard the name before, but not really tracked them, Stucker and Yale, mm-hmm. which is kind of a famous maker of compasses for the United States military, lens added compasses.
0: Which makes sense. That's right. That's, that's a great, right. that's a easy crossover.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so the actually, I, I discovered, I think the next watch I'm going to buy today, which is a Stalker and Yale Sandy, quote, quote unquote, Sandy 490, uh, which is a revision, uh, a revision E version of this uh 46374 watch and i just i saw it i pulled it up and i was like oh my god i love that watch it's a 35 millimeter plastic cased are they still in production or you gotta have to buy no no i'm gonna have to buy this for sure so revision f this is the classic navigator marathon navigator that we know and love still sold today uh stalker and yale also made some navigator watches they're super ugly. And terrible and there's a, a very good reason that marathon is the company that survived and and, and then eventually revision g which kind of changes everything it becomes a performance standard so there goes the spec 46374 watches now we've got performance standards and kind of everybody gets to do what they want so that is the story of kind of the that is the story of kind of the advent of plastic watches i believe but there's a really important caveat to this story. Because also in 1967, a Swiss company makes a plastic watch. Yeah. And I've known this for a couple weeks now, but it still surprised the shit out of me. But Fortas makes a plastic watch in 1967.
0: It's surprising to me that this wasn't in the running to become the replacement for that mil spec watch. Tell me more. There's already inventory. There's a reliable supply chain, single source, which makes it cheaper from a known, I mean, a, a different known organization. All these American companies are making them. It In the way of government contracting, it's surprising to me that they didn't just pare down the pipeline and buy it from somebody who basically buy
1: commercial rather than specialty made. Well, but I don't think that's really how it works. I think Fortis would have had to... Yeah, they'd have had to bid for it, right? There's a big, there's they a big process. They wouldn't even have to bid. Yeah. They'd just have to make them to spec. They were spec watches, so pretty much anybody who wanted to could make them and sell them under contract to the United States military.
0: I'm just saying it'd be cheaper to just buy what's already being produced.
1: Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Well, so 1967, I think... Now, here's 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 one of those I think you're going to have to correct as moments. I think Fortis makes the very first... Swiss-made plastic watch with the Fortis flipper. These are originally automatic watches, 200 meters of water resistance. Uh, 1967, right? They came in all of orange, purple, blue, and navy. Uh, it's nuts. You really can't find the the plastic automatic flippers. Um, and and of course, in 1976, they start using quartz movements. And they don't really get popular until the 1980s after Swatch and, you know, G-Shock and a bunch of other companies start doing similar things.
0: At the proliferation of that style of watch. This is That's ahead of right. its time.
1: Way, way, way ahead of his time. And Andrew says this because he's holding uh, probably a late 70s quartz Fortis flipper in his hand right now as we speak.
0: And it feels good (laughs) there's not there's not pitting in the plastic like you'd expect yeah it doesn't feel new by any means but there's no pitting there's no real noticeable like there's, there's some things that make it look new right or that make it look used but at a distance glance This is what I would expect this looked like coming out of the box. Well, and
1: so we need to be a little clear here because I purchased this thing off of eBay, and it looked whole when I purchased it. It's not. It was not whole when it got to me. The strap kind of crumbled in the box. Just turned to dust. Uh, (laughs) And so, uh, you know, cautionary tale, plastic is it will break down over time and the plastic on this did break down with that said the case is still good the clasp is still good it's actually like a a a housing that goes around a movement module Mm -hmm. um and so it, it it is serviceable imminently but once the plastic goes the plastic goes and you know i'll have to like replace it but all that said it it's pretty neat i'm pretty stoked the size is good the style is great um
0: it's very uh for those of you unfamiliar with it you all know what the q timex looks like imagine that in plastic and a little bit thinner
1: yeah from several several years before the q timex uh here i'll pop the the module out you can see it oh it is it's like it's like a a, it's like a g-shock a little bit but with no screws yeah yeah it's just friction fit and it's got like a little quartz movement module. It looks like a little quartz Hoyer stopwatch or something.
0: This is this is basically a pocket watch conversion kit.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, it it's pretty cool. Uh, I dig it, and and I like it, and I'm gonna figure out a way to make it awesome. Oh, also the movement's broken. Uh, but <laughs> you know, so I bought a watch with the, the plastic is in better case than the metal, or in better shape than the metal. It it is, yeah. There's like there's. I mean, some, except for the strap that crumbled, but
0: but there's some corrosion mm-hmm. on the back of the. This isn't a case anymore. It's on the case back though. There's some corrosion. There's a little bit of corrosion and wear on the, on the crown, but that can all be cleaned. Oh, it can all be cleaned. But the, I'm just I'm really impressed at the at how, how well good the, a shape the the plastic has held up.
1: So you know, here's the deal. Uh, these early. Four six three seven four military watches. And of course the early flippers uh were all mechanical auto watches because we're talking the sixties and, and the seventies. Um and and thus these I think were probably seen as kind of a bit of a cheap oddity, right? A novelty. I mean, yeah, perhaps, right? You've got this mechanical machine inside of a plastic housing. Like, does this make sense? So so of course, really at that point, the quartz movement starts to pick up real steam and probably by way of affordability um watches become uh you know watches become increasingly affordable and by way of that affordability uh more disposable really really by the early 1980s plastics are are everywhere in watches uh it's not just for military plastic watches were just by the 80s watches so uh said before this episode was a tiny bit hard to research because there's just not a ton of clarity to the timing of the advent of plastic watches even what we have told you thus far these two you know 1967 advents is you know some of this is just kind of fluffed together information Um, but what we do know is that once plastic started getting into watches, it, it happens really quick, um, without a lot of pomp, uh, these cheap peripheral developments that, that I think probably at the time, many people sort of despised just didn't garner a lot of of, of attention. And in the context of historical watch industry. You know we're just not seeing any any uh memory or recollection of those events with with that said there are some extremely notable entries in the history of plastic watches I- entries that did garner attention and and rightly so uh and and really besides those two that we've already discussed the fortis flipper and the 46374 revision a watches the first sort of Big, famous, plastic—all plastic case watch we see is in 1981 with the Freestyle Shark a watch we've talked about very recently.
0: Yeah, 1981, like a watch that very few people know about. Yeah, I mean, relatively, yeah, I, I, relatively. I mean, it's it's a lifestyle watch, you know. I I, I would imagine people on people in California, people in hawaii people in new zealand and australia and these really surf heavy culture watches are familiar with this but it's not watch people watches it's not watch people by and large familiar with this company that isn't what it once was it's not it's no longer or it has since become again but isn't the watch enthusiast serial hobbyist like hardcore surf company that it was right. founded as and right. has returned to
1: right right yeah yeah i mean you know it's kind of an oddity right just a couple of socal servers um so like, let's let's start making watches that uh, that look the way we want watches to look
0: that's the american microbrand industry that's the global
1: microbrand industry
0: how many how many watch companies have popped up in the last 7 to 10 years 20 years even that are these hardcore watchmakers first and go in and start making exactly what the market expects everyone's coming in not everyone there's some exceptions most everyone is coming in as a disruptor like this is the watch i want to make this isn't available people are
1: coming in sideways
0: so i'm gonna make it yeah yeah there's they're they're making you know up the wrong entries into the industry and that's that's what they did
1: gorgeous I, I i think i really like the story of freestyle because it, in many respects it's sort of like hashtag first right uh mm-hmm. you, you know and, and and you wouldn't give them credit for that if you didn't know i think even people who know
0: aren't gonna be prepared to give credit for that
1: <laughs> so then a couple years later uh 1983 in uh i'm gonna say you know probably successful bid to literally save the entire swiss watchmaking industry a couple guys at ETA uh introduced the swatch watch
0: because we're still in the throes we're in we're seeing the swan song of the swiss watch industry yeah in the throes of the quartz crisis right now
1: in 1983
0: or today yeah in 1983 okay (laughs) We're in 1983. We're we're traveling through time right now. We are currently not looking at the death of the Swiss watch industry. We're (laughs) looking back on it and saying, "God damn, they were close." Yeah, yeah. How did they make it out of that?
1: So the Swatch watch. Yeah, you know, I I don't think we should talk about it very much today uh, because I think it's an episode, and I'd like to save it. It could be. Okay, so 1983, the Swatch watch. Also 1983. This fellow from Japan named Kiko Ebay unveils the G-Shock, particularly the DW-5000C, the shoot-a-watch-through-a-hockey-goal watch, through a hockey goal, uh, watch or, or that might be a later iteration. In any event, you guys know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that was later. And then one year later, 1984, Timex, an American company, introduces the Timex Triathlon, Working really closely with the folks from Ironman Triathlon and marketed specifically to Ironman competitors, Timex introduces the Triathlon watch. It's a few years later that they actually gain license to the Ironman name and make you know one of the greatest watch lines of all time. One of my supervisors wears a
0: Timex Ironman that he has owned and worn. Since 1994. Damn. He changes out the battery when it needs changed. Here's the cool thing about this watch. It was, it was in the 90s, right? Which was the tech age with no technology to support it. Everything about the 90s is futuristic. And none of it was future looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So this watch, when you purchased it, came with a floppy disk. That you,
1: <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I don't even know what the floppy disk was for. It still makes me laugh.
0: Exactly. So you plug this floppy disk. It's a three by five. So it's you know, it's newer, the smaller, floppy. the small discs. floppies, not yeah. the big actual floppies. It's a three by three by five, three by four. What were they? I think a three by five. No, three by four floppies. They weren't three by five. Regardless, small hard floppy. You plug it into your computer and that's where you can program this watch. You can put phone numbers, addresses, preset alarms does
1: it still require that to be programmed
0: no you can hard you can you can okay. manually input it okay. but once you were done and you had all your shit input you clicked execute and you held your watch facing the screen and all these and he's explaining this to me and i'm just fascinated
1: like facing the monitor screen yes and it flashes there's, it
0: there's a sensor at the at about the 12 o'clock of this dial and it runs all kinds of lines vertically and Mm -mm, horizontally mm -mm. and it programs all that shit into the watch Mm -mm, mm -mm. dude that's a fucking amazing it's the coolest shit ever it's also so 90s that watch could never be made now it could never be made in the (laughs) 80s it's a perfect 90s watch using technology that was almost certainly already obsolete to complete a function that you definitely did not need it's amazing but this watch still so it's 2021 this 1994 timex Ironman on the original velcro strap is still running he has to hard program on saving time changes Dude. the floppy disk is long gone but he bought that watch brand new in 1994 and has been a cop wearing that watch since 1994
1: it's amazing yes that's amazing you have to borrow it from him
0: i'm i i'm am gonna i would be like, I will give you any number of watches that all far exceed any amount of monetary value that you have into this watch. And just to let me fantastic. just let me take it home for the weekend.
1: I suppose it's like the same technology that like the original NES Zapper used.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. But in a watch. And what a, what a stupid functionality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: That's cool, man. It's awesome. So, but that's
0: the plastic watch that's the timex yeah. iron man that we all that we all poo poo on and look past that's the kind of shit that the time that timex and in their iron man line has been doing since the get-go
1: yeah that that's right well and, and so so it's interesting to me because when you look at 1983 1984 time frame you know uh, until like like really 1980 81 82 there are very, very few plastic watches
0: because people are still just trying to stomach
1: quartz. That's right. Even even Casios at that time are primarily being made out of metal, chrome, mm-hmm. or or sometimes steel. Uh, Pulsar, you know, is famously a steel watch, right? So the quartz watches coming out at that time are 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 cased still because watches are come in metal cases, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what everybody knows. But it's it's right. We're, we're, but we're also still in the development period
0: of LCD. Yes, yes, that's right. That's so right. until exactly right. until those two technologies can join forces, we can't see the plastic watches that we see now.
1: And and, and so we're right there, right? We we are. That's happening right now. Nineteen eighty-two.
0: Yeah, we're not in two thousand twenty-one.
1: Nineteen eighty-three. Right it's it's happening, and so it is. Overnight, I'm going to snap my fingers in the microphone. It is overnight. By 1985, there are hundreds of plastic watches on the market. Maybe not hundreds, but but really close. And by 1988, 1989, it it is tons and tons of watches. I mean, it happens overnight. They have to outnumber steel two to one, and nobody nobody really. Pays any attention to it because it's not it's not a, a thing that history recollects clearly. What we know is, in 1982, there weren't any plastic watches. You know, three or four plastic mm-hmm. watches. In a very short period of time later, there's a billion of them.
0: Well, because in in the early 80s, they were a really specialized functional tool. It it, it was like wearing combat boots oh i get it that's why you're wearing that there wasn't this proliferation there wasn't access to the public of it yeah there wasn't cost effective yet it wasn't it wasn't cost prohibitive it just wasn't available it wasn't there and then suddenly they're on scene with affordable lcd with affordable plastic and they're at every single department store and grocery store counter for pennies on the dollar, what you're going to pay for any other watch.
1: That's right. That's right. So Casio and Timex r- really kick it off and they just start making everything in plastic. And, and then, and then all these no name companies with ultra cheap, you know, mostly far East uh, manufacturing start making disposable impulse buy quartz watches for department store counters. Uh, drugstore counter's probably is what you'd call them at the time on the spinners <laughs> that's right i want to be the guy that invented that <laughs> the drugstore counter spinner yeah 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 he probably didn't get any money no it's just a tall lazy susan and and, and really the rest is history right yeah cuz you can walk into any walgreens right now today and buy a $7 watch
0: yeah $6. and it'll have 10 year battery life and 50 meters water resistance <laughs> Yeah, I mean possibly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, and and here here's I think part of the success is is good digital technology in the way of LCD, um. A totally infinite number of configurations available. Yes, and molds are cheap, and easy to make. Injecting resin or plastic is cheap. Easy to accomplish. You can pivot from one design to the next in an afternoon. There isn't the engineering required. There is, but not to the same degree as a fully metal cased watch.
1: Injection molding, right? Yeah. You can do anything with injection molding. And I
0: I don't know. There's probably no way to find out when injection molding found its way into this oh i'm
1: sure there is i'm sure someone with a much keener sense of the watch industry you know if we got steve romer back on here i bet he could tell us all about oh he this, could probably but, tell us the day you know we should probably should have had him on for this show well maybe we can bring him <laughs> back for plastics round two yeah um well and, and on that note right because because today plastics range from so in this in the late 60s it was like this plastic and of course there were different kinds of plastic and different manufacturers of plastic but we didn't have the versi- the diversity of plastics t- that we have today. You know, now oh, we yeah. have everything from very very pedestrian, inexpensive watches to super super high tech, crazy uh, Space composites. Suit plastics, that's yeah. that's right, and, and you've got there's carbon fiber
0: for fuck's sake. It, I mean, like
1: exactly, exactly, and you've got companies like you know, haute oh. companies like Richard Mille and MB&F and Hublot using plastics, mm-hmm. plastic case watches. And, and of course, you know, still simpler utility watches like like Timex and Casio and even Garmin, right? So, or, so, Sinto, or I mean take your right. pick. That's right. Uh but but we do have some, you know, it, it's it's always developing. I think the most recent development is this the the idea of ocean plastics, right? Yeah. reclaimed plastics from the water where they can make rope and twine and, and watch cases, watch cases. Yeah. Yeah. And, and watch straps. So tons and tons and tons of plastic watches. We talk about plastic watches on this show all the time without Uh, really meaning to talk about plastic watches. And y'all talk shit and y'all talk shit, but we, we've got some, we've got some picks for today. We do. We've got some picks for today. And I think we can go through this kind of quickly because, um, you know, we've talked about these or, or you know, we, we, you can talk about these. But I thought there's some cool watches that, that we found in researching for the show. I'm going to just blast through them real quick. Um, and in no particular order. In no particular order. But I, I think the first one I want to talk about, and this is maybe my favorite watch we're going to talk about today. A watch I will own at some point. I'm surprised I don't own it yet. But the Tag Hoyer Formula One
0: i know why you don't own it yet it's because it's hard to find the right one
1: that is right that's exactly yeah, that's why right. you don't own it
0: because we've we've talked about this watch for years this is in like in my mind for you a grail watch like if i was gonna buy yeah. you a watch to get you to leave me the fuck alone i would buy you a formula one and i'd just be like great we can be done
1: <laughs> so that's why so i know if i ever like if you ever give me a gift of formula one you're quitting the show it's because I'm too rich to to do it. <laughs> well, they're not terribly expensive is the crazy thing, right? No, but I'm still not going to buy that for you. I love you a lot, <laughs> man, but I don't love you that much. <laughs> so, you know, these are, uh, you know, so, sold starting in 1986 and really sold in their plastic, quote-unquote, fiberglass iteration until 1994. They're made in three-hand configurations, also chronograph. I think the chronographs are all steel-cased, though, with a plastic bezel.
0: I would think so, just because of the technology in there.
1: Uh, and and they're cool. I mean, I think it's one of the coolest plastic watches ever made. Great company. I mean, I think it's a great company. I don't get why people don't like it. Yeah, they make some weird watches. They, so does they Richard just, Mille. Well, but nobody likes Richard Mille either. But but
0: they spend millions of dollars on it. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think we poo-poo the shitty things that companies do. If it's a company that we would like to poo poo, yeah. but we we bypass the shitty things that companies we like do. Right? <laughs>
1: I'm like yeah, whatever. That's a miss. You can't win them all. You know. I think Tag Hoyer gets shit because they make a lot of sort of pretty expensive quartz watches, and I mean some of their designs are. And they have a lot of brand ambassador Mm. things.
0: I kind of get it, but at the same time, I don't think that can discount the cool shit that they're doing. And they went kind of whole hog
1: on their logo in the 80s and 90s. and I mean, that's some tacky stuff. Anyway. Yeah, but I just
0: don't think we can discount all the good things they're doing.
1: I I agree. I love Tag Hoyer as a brand. And I love the plastic case Hoyer Formula 1s. So next thing we talked to, next watch, we've already talked about it today, the Fortis Flipper. It's super cool. Yeah just don't
0: expect to get it in one piece right
1: a cautionary tale from yours truly it may be broken really 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 broken
0: (laughs) you got a cool case cover though yeah i wonder if you could maybe find a case to fit in there there's some things you could do
1: well i'm there's some stuff so i can replace the movement i can Mm -hmm. it's a harley ronda Three seventy five, which is there's a billion of those case, uh, movements made. I've got a plan with the strap. It, it comes with a clasp, so it was a plastic band that has a clasp, like a a flip lock. Plastic or steel? It's it's plastic with steel parts. Weird. Yeah, I'll show it to you. It, it and I'm going to use it. So I've got a plan. I'm going to try to use it. I've got a plan. We'll see what happens. That's some
0: ollie strap shit right there. Just buy a bunch of ollie straps and find the one that fits.
1: I won't. Yeah, I, 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 I I didn't go with ollie. I went with another company, but I've got some stuff on the way. I'm going to make something work. America. Uh, next watch,
0: the Swatch watch, the System Fifty One.
1: Yeah, and we went with the System Fifty One and not just a standard quartz Swatch watch, because it the System Fifty (laughs) One is really a very cool watch
0: yeah it's a lot of firsts in the watch world as we've come to discuss are really just who put their marketing out claiming that they were first even if they weren't so this the, the system 51 is accepted truth or not to be the first fully automated assembly on the movement, yeah, yeah, it, and I think it's probably accurate. No one can say they're lying because who else had the ass at the time to do it? But I'm just saying the explorer probably wasn't the first watch to summit Everest. So there's some there's some things there, right? There's some <laughs> there's some some tinfoil hat shit. Um, it's it's also like ninety hour power reserve. No,
1: it's a dope movement. Like it's, I mean, everything's automated around a single screw.
0: Yeah. People are all jacked about 80-hour power reserves, and and here we're looking at
1: 90. And these were, at least initially, I don't know if still today, f- fully, I mean, like actually fully Swiss-made.
0: Mm-hmm. Bummer, though. Talk to me. Hermetically sealed.
1: Well, it, it it's it's a bummer, and it's a plus. It Until it's not. They're made to be completely dust and environmentally sealed but until it's not so that's the deal right yeah it's broken it's broken this watch is gonna last you until it stops working and then it's done and then it's done (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's right that's That's a bummer uh, yeah maybe a little because maybe you're maybe you're like
0: us and like maybe do irresponsible shit while wearing your watch and well
1: that was a spensive mistake (laughs) (laughs) so next a watch i like and i don't think you like as much but the shinola mm-hmm sea creatures
0: i'm pretty okay with it but it also i
1: could yeah. yeah you know there it's it so this is one of our ocean plastics watches uh 40 millimeter sport watch with the dive style bezel 10 atmospheres they come in cool colors it's cool it yeah quartz movement which tracks it's a it's a quote unquote in-house quartz movement Ronda seven fifteen right <laughs> yeah.
0: uh,
1: the, what what i what I dig about these is that they take that
0: they were deliberate about strap matching y- yeah, they're all their colorways come with complementary straps that are also recycled plastics. and yeah I've not not had a recycled plastics strap, but i I have to imagine it's gonna be just as comfortable
1: as any nylon or Tubular nylon—that's out there. That's my guess as well. Yep. Yeah. So I and, and they're affordable. I think these are super fun watches.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're four hundred fifty
1: bucks. The coolest watch on our list, without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. Our friends, Andrew Prez and Rick Cosgrove, made the Solabs Layers watches. These are dope. Or the layer, yeah, Solabs layer. They're sick. They're sick. They're so great. We've talked about them a ton. Yeah. Thirty-eight millimeters.
0: How do we not own any
1: meota quartz? These die-cut, layered oh. dials. Uh, I put in our show notes, all caps, design. You did. R- Rick is a Rick Cosgrove is a design guru. If you haven't listened to our episode with Rick and Andrew talking about Rick's design background and everything that went in that probably the most laughing we've ever done while recording it's that, also so. the only episode that we've
0: done that i fully regret not having video
1: because to see
0: <laughs> rick's space his office behind him yeah you see it it it's the it's the most personification of a person i've ever seen in a physical space
1: yeah that's right
0: it, it was fascinating, and he's like, "We're like, oh yeah, take a look at this!" And he runs and grabs something. I'm like, "Where the <laughs> fuck did that come from?" And I'm like, "Yeah, check this out. This is fucking awesome." And the cu- like, the cuddling his
1: chair. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just a, cool dudes doing cool shit. Check them out. And this is this is my personal favorite on the list. The marathon whole lineup, really, but we've chosen the Navigator today.
1: Yeah. This is a 46374 revision. Yes. F revision F watch.
0: Yes. Still in production. Mm-hmm. Still carries with it a
1: national stock
0: number. Still can be ordered through the military supply system. If you can find a way, I spent some time trying to find a way, couldn't make it happen, but it's still possible. <laughs> uh high torque edic quartz. It's got tritium tubes.
1: Some people don't like tritium. I think it's cool, but but I mean, there's some downsides to tritium tubes.
0: Yeah, but I think there's a, I think a, they're a, fucking awesome. A full dial replacement when they die.
1: Yeah, or or you just rock without. without. Or without
0: lume, but yeah. that's 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 tritium, right? It's got a half life, and it's going to last you 15, 20 years. Yes, yeah, and that's that's just the reality. But if you're getting 15, 20 years out of an all plastic quartz watch, you should feel pretty good about
1: yourself. I feel, comes, I feel good about myself.
0: It comes with or without date in all manner of colors on a nylon pass through. Not all manners of color. It comes in three colors. Yeah, it comes in manners. a coyote. Tan. All the important
1: colors. Coyote tan, OD and black.
0: <laughs> what The fuck else do you need? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's really cool. I do. They make a blue a blue one. I mean, have they ever made a blue one? I think I'd really hmm. like a Navy Navigator. I bet there's out. There's ones out there. And, and you know, there's a there's a bunch of others. We're, we're not going to get to them. Triva make Triva Triva triwa, uh makes Triva an, makes an ocean plastic watch. There's a company out of Austro- Australia called the Horse making an ocean plastics watch. Uh, Tom fucking Ford makes an ocean plastics watch. Um, basically, every Casio made since 1990 luminox is another great company that's making plastic case watch etc cetera, etc cetera. so th- there there are plastic watches th- those are just our favorites that we've talked about today yeah don't buy the tom Ford one, or do actually if you if you own the tom ford ocean plastics will you please send it to us so we can take some pictures and review it
0: yeah and then you also got other like just classics you've got seiko plastics that are out there you've mm-hmm. got the you've got the casio nav or world timer yeah You've got all these cool options that were born of this bastardization of the Watch World, <laughs> yeah. and then said, "You know what, Watch World, fuck you," and took it over. Everyone owns a plastic watch now.
1: Uh, I own I own lots of plastic watches. And, I I own one more. As of yeah, this week, I, it doesn't work. <laughs> I
0: may, will might not own a plastic watch. Yeah,
1: maybe not. I, I I will say this plastic watch that I bought that doesn't work and doesn't have a strap, I've worn it two full days since I got it. And I love it. And when
0: you say doesn't work, he means the second hand is not even moving. It literally
1: he, does not work at all. It, it says it's <laughs> 25th, which isn't that far off. Have you been setting the date? No, no. it, it has been 844 on the 25th since I got it. You know something, uh, I think a cool touch when you order a watch... Is when they take the
0: time to set it to your time zone. That is cool. When I got my watch from, and um, when I got the Owl's Penis from Nomon, I it came set to with daylight saving time accounted for, it, s- set to my time. It was still it was still running. On was a charge it had when yeah. they pack they shipped it. Yeah, that's crazy. I've had a little bit of movement issues with it, and I think I I think as a function of the things that I've done while wearing it, um, just it's a little bit more plus or minus than i'd expect
1: (laughs) use your tools man use your tools andrew uh anything else about plastic watches you want to add today
0: no i think that's it i think we've covered the you know the broad stroke of plastic watches and how we got to a greatness yeah look so so
1: so we listed a lot of names and dates and if we missed anything let us know because we are genuinely curious about this issue or at least i am genuinely curious about this issue let us know um also if you're an expert on plastics watches i think you're the only one in the world please contact us and we'll do something with you You'll probably get an honorary phd from yale <laughs> <laughs> andrew other things what do you got my other thing has got to be boats because that's been
0: that's been what's consumed me for the last several weeks because uh, about a month ago for just we were my wife and I were just looking at a boat while we we're sitting on the beach. she's like let's get a boat I'm like, <laughs>
1: that's amazing like
0: what she's like yeah we should get a boat It's like
1: you really
0: So you you all know how I, I research things. And how I look for things. Yes, yes, yes. I know. And I kind of settled on my style on the general, on a, not precisely what I was looking for because it's impossible in the used world, especially of of vehicles, to find exactly what you're looking for. Often, yeah. Um, so I I, I narrowed it down to specs. Went out and you know obviously like we like, like I talked about earlier, got on one day, and when I got home, we were talking about, we were trying to talk ourselves out of it. And what we came down to in reasons to not, weren't reasons to not. And this is more of like a, if for, for people on the fence of doing fun shit, you can almost always afford it. The, the if you, if you want. Yeah. And you can Always make time for it. And that was kind of the two things we were coming down to, right? Can we afford it? Can we make time for it? And that's precisely that. Yes, we can afford it. There are a lot of other discretionary expenses that we could cut out of our world. And we can also just make time. No one ever finds time to do things. Because that just means I don't want to fucking do it. And I wasn't so bored that I couldn't bring myself to do it. So... Then we're like, oh, well, do we really want to spend the money? And and we came to the to the conclusion that if we sell this boat in a year at a loss, will it, even if it's a total loss, even if we lose say six thousand dollars, did we have more fun than going to Disneyland for a week? <laughs> and I think the answer will be yes if yeah. we get out on the water a dozen times. It pays. That's the cost of admission. Yeah, we paid for it, and we're kind of in this mindset with it that we're not gonna let the upfront cost. Obviously, there's some things that the upfront cost is totally prohibitive. Right, I'm not gonna be on a commercial flight to space, however much I'd like to. <laughs> um, yeah. But balancing that cost of admission,
1: if if did you read the same number I did, twenty six million dollars per minute yeah okay go ahead yeah
0: they got a free speedy out of it (laughs) (laughs) so you know there's that uh but yeah that that was our that our final our our decision making factor was are we going to have this many dollars worth of fun and how do we compare it because we've been talking about going to disneyland or disney world and effectively for a for a one week trip that's exactly the same amount of money yeah Will I have more fun with this with a year, assuming it only lasts a year, and I fuck it up and ruin it in a year, than I would in a week at Disneyland or Disney World? And that was that was kind of our threshold. Like, how much fun am I willing to pay for?
1: And really, that was our decision. Your worst case scenario is unrealistic. Your worst case scenario is actually you keep it for two years, you spend you know a thousand dollars on storage, and sell it. At a thousand dollar loss, and it's a two thousand dollar mistake, as opposed to a sixty five hundred dollar mistake.
0: Worst case scenario is I sink it.
1: Right. <laughs> well, but it's going to be insured, I assume. Yeah, insurance is cheap. Yeah,
0: yeah, really cheap. I looked it up, and I was like twelve dollars a month. Dope. Is that even insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Covers it. Uh Yeah. That was our. That was our threshold. Am I going to have this many dollars worth of fun? And the answer is yes, because all summer we're going to be on the lake. And make time to be on the lake force us to be together as a family however miserable that is <laughs> fish in the winters it's gonna be dope yeah and i'm gonna have more fun doing this than i will going to disneyland i like it man i'm into it so just as a pers- like as a my other thing being just bringing fun things into perspective against other fun things that you are more inclined to do justifying your purchases
1: yeah I've got another thing. I told
0: Sam, though, that I would like uh, an Explorer $7,000 worth, and she was like, no.
1: No. I was like, I'd wear
0: it every day for weeks, months, years (laughs) at a time. (laughs) No.
1: All right. Her loss. I've got another thing. Do me. So, um, I am actually right now in the process of buying a boat. I'm not buying it, but a good friend of mine is, and so I'm going to have a boat. At your disposal, and none of the expenses. That's the way to buy a boat. (laughs) It's gonna be a it's gonna be a Bayliner. It's you know seventeen footer, hundred and twenty horsepower. And it's I'm really excited about it. So that's, that's my other awesome. thing.
0: You're gonna troll for so many salmon.
1: <laughs> so I have another thing, Andrew. Do me. It is not a boat. Uh, I have recently. Well, well, actually, my daughter, uh, uh, my nine year old daughter, has recently blasted through the Harry Potter series. Books or movies? Books. And I read these books. I read them many, many years ago. Uh, gosh, man.
0: Probably on release.
1: Yeah, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah, a long-ass fucking time ago. Um, and Did you feel
0: weird when the last one came out? I remember being in high school when the last one came out and feeling too <laughs> old to be reading it, but I also required resolution.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I did feel that way, oh. but I've always been pretty okay with, with YA books. Um, But yeah, so here I am. Uh, Betty's reading these books, and I, I bought them. I bought paperback versions, a, a box set of these, because wanted her to be able to read them. Paperback? Uh, Yeah. Have you... I mean, that book, like book five, is like a billion pages. Trying to read that thing on hardback, not going to happen.
0: I had them all on hardback.
1: You'd need to have like a stand. Yeah. Well, it's an exercise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, it is, a, it is a thousand pages. Betty's
1: nine. So um bought paperbacks and it's a neat box set it's like a english uh edition it's like the adult anyway whatever yeah leather bound that doesn't matter but uh bought these and so i was like well shit i'll just read them behind her and so that's what i've been doing as she finishes the book i started
0: i thought you meant like over her
1: shoulder no that's a weird thing to do (laughs) no no uh and i'm just loving the shit out of it man so so good yes so fun um, like I said, I, I read them before and I ate them up the first time, so I knew they were good, but here I am, you know, 15 years later, maybe reading them again and just enjoying the heck out of them. Um, y- you know, I think something I probably realized at the time, but didn't really put, uh, a- a words to was the phenomenon of the injustice, right? The injustice in these books is very discreet. I would say sort of in the style of rolled doll where yeah. all of the grown-ups are unreasonable um, don't listen to the kids. the kids are clearly smart and the grown-ups are not willing to tell them anything, not willing to let them in on anything um, completely unfair at every turn. Um, you know, and also good and bad, right The good people are just very, very good and the bad people are just clearly discreetly bad until you, they're not there are these well <laughs> yeah um you know there are these there are these sort of silly irrational character tropes and, and that's bothered me a little bit more i think than it did the first time with that said total pleasurable experience i've just i'm halfway through book 6 now there's 9 right S- uh 7 of the original series okay it's the 7 years of of school. But yeah, se- seven books. So I'm, I'm halfway okay. through the penultimate book and Betty is halfway through the seventh book.
0: So it's working out perfectly. I did read them all. I don't know that I've seen all the movies.
1: Uh, I have definitely not seen all the movies. So, that's the next project is to binge the movies. That's right. We'll sit down I, when we're all done and watch the I movies. remember,
0: I remember, I feel like the first one was very much like Game of Thrones season one. Like just a Point for point from the book. And then everything else took artistic license. That was, as I recall from, you know, a very long time ago, having read Harry Potter and watched, the,
1: you know. I think movies. that might be right. And I think that's probably a product of all of the movies are 90 minute movies and the books are, are all. They just get longer so and longer and longer. For... Well, I, I was happy to see that book six was a little shorter than five. Book five was very big and books and it made my wrists hurt yeah when i was reading (laughs) i have a
0: friend who uh as a tick while reading
1: the pages super annoying
0: both sides constantly just can't stop (laughs) i cannot imagine
1: uh watching her read the fifth book that's right there would be a lot of that it would be a long flip yeah
0: that would be miserable
1: andrew anything else you want to add i'm out of things man you, you're you're all out of things all out well i'm out of things too so thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 the watch clicker podcast check us out on instagram at 40 and 20 or at the watch clicker we post pictures there sometimes you can check out the website watch clicker.com we post reviews and articles and other cool things there it's a good place to be you should go if you want to support 40 and 20 or the watch clicker, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That is patreon.com. I think I said that a little, a little mushy. Yeah. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look guys, that's where we get all the support for the show, hosting, hardware, etc., as well as Andrew's ever growing t-shirt collection. All vintage. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like.
0: Bye-bye.